This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 160, submission number 1959. Coneheads, the 1983 cartoon pilot. Coneheads was an unsold pilot that aired on NBC the night of October 14, You know, Chico, that has a very Gremlins-ish vibe. That you were getting that too, huh? Yeah, that's crazy. That is, that's absolutely nuts. Just the craziest. How do I even? What do I even say to begin talking about this? I think the, the obvious starting point is mentioning what Coneheads is. Or who they are. Okay. I, so, I know most people know that it started in on SNL. Okay, so SNL had uh, characters created by Tom Davis, Dan Aykroyd, and Lauren Michaels, where you have a pair of aliens from the planet Remulac, and their heads were shaped like cones. Because get they it, were, they're the Coneheads. They were the Coneheads, yes. And they were on our planet for the sole purpose of colonizing it and turning it into a spaceport. Yeah, well, that sure worked out well. A little bit. Yeah, they ended up going native, as you can see by the many episodes of the Coneheads on SNL. And the 1993 movie. And the 1983 movie is an underrated classic. Yeah, it is. I can tell you right now, I was at an age where I thought the actress who played Connie was really cute. Oh, yeah, same. And also, she ends up with Chris Farley in the end of the movie. Which, let's be honest, gave us bat guys hope. Yeah. But before that... A similar story was told in the form of a 1983 adult animated cartoon. Now, you think nowadays with your Simpsons, your Family Guys, your Rick and Mortys, that an adult-themed animated cartoon sounds easy to me. Well, if it was Easy to people in 1983, we would have had more of those. Well, it wasn't that easy, was it? Yeah, because this is like a foreign concept in adult animated cartoon in 1983. Yeah, 
Because you have, okay, you have these well-known characters, Belzar and Primat of uh, the planet Remulac, and they're being voiced by, of course, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. And wouldn't Kate and Allie have just started? Kate and Allie would have just started, yes. Okay. Kate and Allie premiered in fall of 84, so the following season. Okay, so it's one year later. I was off. Okay. Yeah. Just a bit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jeez! <laughs> Any excuse to bring up Susan St. James? Oh, I quit. I'm done. But, you know, you could, you know, have a voice part and then do, like, a flesh well, body part. Yeah, just it's a- happened before. Yeah, just ask uh, Hank Azaria, who was doing The Simpsons, at the same time he was doing Herman's Head. Same with Yardley Smith. So we have uh, Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd. Also, we have Lorraine Newman voicing their baby, then little kid, then teenage daughter, Connie, who is oddly... She knows that she's different. She doesn't really understand how different she is until... Well, Beldar and Primat tell her that, of course, there are a pair of aliens who went native. Yeah. Yeah, she's trying to just live an average, normal teenage life. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to? wrong with that. Yeah, who wouldn't want to live an average, normal teenage life with your head oddly shaped? So how did this come about? Well, the folks behind SNL teamed up with uh, noted animators Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass, who, by the way, we did discuss on a previous entry, The Mouse and the Mayflower. Oh, yeah. Let's not <laughs> remind us about that. Yeah. And they teamed up with Pacific Animation Corporation headed it at the time by Masaki Iizuka to produce this pilot. And the pilot itself was written by, of course, Tom Davis and Al Franken, with additional voice work by Tom Davis and Robert McFadden. Robert McFadden, of course, uh, one of Rankin Bass's uh, in-house voice artists. So, what happened on this? Well, actually, pretty much know what happened. This is basically, this basically, being a pilot, serves as a bit of an origin story. We have life on the planet Remulac, and Beldar and Primat are chosen to go to Earth to with the express sort of intent on colonizing it, and turning it into a spaceport. Now, they kind of sort of look like they're they're, uh, SNL counterparts, but you can tell that their uh, appearances are a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exaggerated. Thank you, Brain. They're like cartoony. It's very cartoony. I'd even add the, uh, the phrase crudely drawn. Yeah, they, they just didn't look right. By the way, we're watching this as we do this, and all I can say is, anybody notice that chair? Oh yeah, 
Oh, and, oh, 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 does yeah. look like anything. And by the way, this aired at eight thirty at night, and it slipped past the sensors. I'll take getting crap past the radar for two hundred, Alex. Well, consider who co-wrote this special, and what he later got in trouble for. That's yep. all I'm going to say. <laughs> yep. So they're charged with learning all about Earthlings, and well, taking over. And they're supposed to land at the UN. Yeah, in New York City. But, of course, because uh, Beldar is driving, they get lost. Yeah, somebody took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Yeah. And, of course, Primat wants... uh, Beldar says, can I just read this speech I'm supposed to give to the UN? Primat's like, you must commit it to memory. Suffice it to say... They're lost. And they're on the moon. Yeah. They're on the moon, and they eventually make it to Earth. But they don't make it to New York City. They land just a bit outside. And they make their way to what looks to be an old trailer that functions as a TV repair shop. Yeah, because they're getting chased by a bunch of dogs. Uh-huh. Now, this is a very important part of the story, because our TV repairman, who A, has a gun, and B, owns those dogs, is named Louie, and his family actually came from France. Beldar and Primat can't tell them that they're from Remulac. Oh, no. So... <laughs> Yeah. That would give it away. Get but the they, game away. So yeah. the excuse as to where they came from is, oh, we also come from France. Okay. That totally makes sense. And they can't even check it out, so just go with it. Yeah. And when Louis says, we're going to serve this deal under the table, guess what? They actually go under the table. And this is after they spend uh, all of 30 seconds repairing a TV set. A Japanese TV set. They love making that sort of distinction there. Yeah. But, oh, Louis' all-new TV repair one-hour service. Yeah, one hour. It actually takes one minute. Yeah. And to hide the fact that their heads are oddly shaped, Beldar wears... An elf hat. An elf hat. And I guess you could call his collar an elf costume as well. So I gotta say, Veldor looks adorable in that elf hat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this actually ties into the SNL mythos because I believe on the show, Veldor is a TV repairman. Yes. Okay. Uh, one day after work, Beldar and Primat are in the throes of hot alien romance when... Oh, boy. She, she's with Cone. She is with Cone. <laughs> so, of course, they spend the night wa- paying attention to and God-created woman just so they can figure out what on earth they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> what on earth they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I made it funny. 
Oh, and they got the sensor rings. That means that means they're gonna have sex. Yes. And oh, <laughs> she's in labor. Okay, and coneheads, conehead females give birth out of their heads. Yeah, which you can't see, but you can definitely see the blankets moving all over the place. Yeah, use your imagination. Yeah. And congratulations, it's a female! Oh, hey, now Beldor owns the uh, TV repair shop, because yeah, Louie, what, Louie, I guess, moved and sold the shop to him? They either sold the shop, moved, retired, or died. But in any case, it's Beldor's shop now. And he's basically using the shop as cover for trying to, um... To communicate back to Remulac. Mm-hmm. Oh, but now we have a time jump. And yep. oh, yeah, now he's fixing video recorders. And uh, Primat is wearing her trademark apron now. Only this one says, I hate housework. <laughs> but and... Connie, Connie comes back from the school upset. She wants to know why she's different and wants to know where she came from. But of she's course, not the ex- ready. Yeah, the excuse is, we come from France. Just keep telling them you come from France. But nope. It's an inadequate response. Just keep telling yourself and everybody else you come from France. Now they're consuming mass quantities. They're eating hot dogs. And look look at that. Beldor. And eats with paint. With paint. He uses his ketchup. Okay. Now that Connie went to bed or doing her homework or whatever, Beldar and Primat plug in their communication device to see if they can't get a signal to Remulac. Yeah, uh, about your previous mission. Remember how I was the queen, the king of eight solar systems? Well, it's six now because, uh, yeah. Well, it's six, because there was a bit of an insurrection. And uh, there's also some budgetary concerns that have gone through. So, um, you're going to be stuck on Earth for a while. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. And like every alien in an adult-themed cartoon, and by that I mean, of course, Solar Opposites, which, which, which we'll talk about one particular episode in a future entry. They don't really like being on Earth that much. No. But they make the most of it. Oh, no. Now they're at a gas station and Beldor is drinking the gas. Ew. And they're arguing about driving to a uh... place in New Jersey. Yep. New Jersey, welcome safe drivers. And now they're at their new house. Oh, look at that sign. Viva la France. And he's got a, a, a backhoe in the backyard? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because they're building an X for when the alien spaceship lands. Oh, okay. I, I missed that earlier. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Yep. They got to talk up the neighbors. And, uh, of course, now that they've gone native, they have to know what's going on. 
and yeah. Primat is doing housework now. Even though, let's be honest, she hates housework. But that's okay because she is also a vacuum. Yeah, she didn't like the suction power from her vacuum, so she just hooked it up to her mouth and inhaled. She did this in the movie. You want to know how long they've actually been stranded on Earth? Connie's a teenager now. Yeah. Where she was about seven or eight, ten minutes ago. Now she's a teenager. Time jump. Yep. She's also on the swim team at school. I bet she dives like a rocket. Only, you know, downwards. <laughs> Aerodynamic. Anyway. No splash, baby. Nope. But the neighbors did leave a sensor ring. That's no donut. That's a coffee cake. Ah. Well, this explains a lot, I guess. Well, they're being good neighbors. They, they brought over a coffee cake. Yeah. Yep. And now Connie's wearing a coffee cake on her head. Oh, no, that's a, that's a headband. Yeah, over her cone. And she's decked her cone out with stars. Yeah, because yep. she's going to a rock concert. And now they explain the story about where she comes from. And what on earth they're doing on earth. And how he lost the speech to the UN. And Yeah, and now they're stuck on earth. Yeah. Which is bad news for Connie because she was beginning to like life on earth. It's the only life she knew. No, it really is the only life she knew. She just wants to groove and hang out. Oh, and here's Ronnie. Yep. This is her boyfriend. And also, it should be noted that Ronnie is the character that Chris Farley plays in the 1993 Coneheads movie. I know where Connie gets her good looks from. We'll be back by midnight, Dad. Oh, but meanwhile... Here comes the bad news. Hey, remember when I was the uh, overlord of eight star systems? Well, thanks to a bit of an insurrection, it's now six star systems, and, uh, oh yeah, our budgeting is falling through, so. Yeah, because as we mentioned earlier, we talked about the insurrections, so now the budget has fallen through. But, oh, meanwhile, the neighbors. They're watching a concert or something. Basically, there will be no star cruiser to rescue you for some time. And again... How are they going to survive living on this miserable planet? I know, right? I was born here and I can't survive living on this miserable planet. But think about what Connie's going through. This is the only life she knows, and now she may have to leave it. Oh, no. And her date now wants one of those French kisses. Oh. Because she's from France. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's from France, in quotation marks. We are from France. And, okay, Beldar and Primat break the news to Connie, and, well, Connie's uh, a bit more enthusiastic than Beldar and Primat are. But uh, her date returns with Connie's sensor ring. Well, not her sensor ring. It was the parents' sensor ring. 
Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. We need Susan St. James. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. And that's how it ends. So, yeah. So, this pilot is basically the origin story of the SNL characters. Yeah, I'd say that. And basically put, it fell a little short. It did. I mean, it's like, I get what they were trying to do, but they were only 80% of the way there. Now, which is a surprise, because the same people who write for SNL wrote this pilot. Yeah, you had Franken and Davis. They wrote this. Franken and Davis were like the kings of SNL back in the 70s. Yeah, well, the the one issue I mentioned uh, to Greg before we recorded was I th- this was a little too late, I think. If this happened in like 80 or 81, right as that first uh, SNL uh, Era group left, it. I think it would have been more timely, a little bit better. But you waited till late 83. So now you're talking about three years, over three years since Jane Curtin left and over four years since, uh, since Dan Aykroyd left. And, like, and it, don't forget, it would be another three years before Nick at Night picks up the SNL package and starts airing it in reruns. Yeah, so I, I think you lost some timeliness by waiting three, three and a half years after most of your components left the show and, and it hasn't been on the air since 79-80. Or actually probably even closer to 78-79, since Ackroyd left uh, before 7980. Yeah, because he left with John Belushi. So, yeah, I, I really think timing was not best here. Um, but actually, it was for the best because, as we said earlier, a year later, you'd have Jane Curtin on Kate and Alley for a good five-year run. And uh, obviously, in 84, uh, Dan Ackroyd had a pretty decent movie, Ghost Boosters. I think I got my pronunciation wrong there. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Okay, thank you, Greg. I appreciate hey, it, Greg. Hey. And that's and but, that's not all, because a year and a half later, Arthur Rankin and Jules Bass would team up with Pacific Animation Corporation again for another project. Oh? A slightly more successful one. Oh, yeah, that show. Yeah, that show. Yeah. Oh, whatever happened to that show? No. Yeah, I wonder. Oh, by the way, one thing I need to mention Ghostbusters. It had a pinball machine. Nice! Oh, yes, it did. Yes, with Ernie Hudson doing the uh, voiceover in that. Oh, and speaking of Ernie Hudson, we'll be talking about a show he did in 1986 later this year. So it was like a win-win-win situation that this didn't get picked up, if you will, because, again, Jane Curtin went on to better stuff and bigger stuff. So did Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. And, and so did Rankin Bass. So did Rankin Bass. Everybody won. Everybody. It seemed. Oh, you know what else Dan Aykroyd did after this? 
What did Dan Aykroyd do after this? In 1987, he did the movie version of Dragnet with Tom Hanks. Classic. Nice. I can't quite place it. It tastes like milk. Just like the sign said in the building before you obliterated it. Fresh, wholesome milk. You probably love this stuff, don't you? Vitamin D, calcium, essential for good strong bones and healthy teeth. But that's probably all Greek to you, isn't it, Mr. Ginger Biden? Oh, yeah. Classic. Oh, guess what, guys? Hold on a second. Let me get it off the shelf. Oh, no. Oh, Greg is pulling out from his uh, collection of sundries here. The Dragnet Shout Select Blu-ray. Look at that. Tom yeah. Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. Isn't that sweet? Classic. That, that's oh. nice. Oh, you know who else was in the Dragnet movie? Who else was in the Dragnet movie? R.I.P. Christopher Plummer. Mm. We'll be talking about him next month. What else do we have to say about the Coneheads animated pilot in 1983? But one night... In between episodes of Mr. Smith and Wow Manimal. It was a thing on TV. Yep. There and again, uh, adult themed cartoons. They wouldn't be uh, big things until, uh, let's say, five or six years later with a family from Springfield and another bald headed goof up father. And of course, later in the 90s, we'd have another dim-witted father from Rhode Island. And a not-so-dim-witted father from Texas. That's true. And yeah. then we get the somewhat dim-witted father from Virginia five years after that. Yeah. And I'm... a dim-witted father with a genius father-in-law. A mad genius father-in-law. And then we have Solar Opposites from that guy, so maybe this was a bit ahead of its time? Maybe? Possibly? I don't know how well this would have done as a regular series, but... I still say it was about three years after its, its, its ripeness. Yeah. But hey, you know what is always ripe? Don't say it. Do not say it. Our website, it was a thing on TV.com. Oh, oh, good. You didn't say it. Good. Oh, Thank you. Come on, Mike. I, 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 I'm just, uh, my, my defenses were built up there. I thought you were going to, 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 to talk about eBay prices, right? But I'm Well, since you, you mentioned it. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, now you could watch the pilot for free online on YouTube. Oh, don't tell me this is going to be a tag team situation where we're bidding on a recorded copy of the pilot. Uh, this is a Warner Home Video oh, release. This is that commercially was, released. Yeah, this was commercially released. Somebody bought it off a of Hollywood video. And they're selling it on eBay. Does it have the Hollywood video sticker on it? It has the Hollywood video okay, sticker on it. Okay, how much did this go for at Hollywood video? Let me take a look for you. 
Hollywood Video. It didn't give me a price, though. It has a Hollywood Video sticker on it. Okay, so let's just assume it was but like three ninety nine. Not give me a. It, we'll just it, we'll and, just and, assume. And the interesting thing is, they built it as a kids movie. Oh jeez. Oh no 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 no. Let me let me just no. say. Oh no no. But let's just say for let's just say this was three ninety nine four ninety nine. Yes. Just assuming that. Hollywood Video was clearing out their VHS inventory when everything went to DVD. Because I know when I worked for Blockbuster in the mid-2000s, when we were switching to all DVD, we just had all the VHSs on clearance for like $3.99, $4.99. And I actually snagged the VHS of MST3K, the movie, by the way. This yeah. Island Earth? Oh, yeah. Nice. This Island Earth with the professor from Gilgan's Island. Nice. R.I.P. Russell Johnson. Okay, uh, Mike, what do you think? VHS copy of the Coneheads. Buy it now. Buy it now, Price. Oh my gosh. This could, wow. I'm going to go, I I just talked to myself, I'm sorry. This could be anything, seriously. I'm going to go... $29.90. Greg, I'm gonna go two ninety nine. I thought you were gonna go one dollar there. Okay, I was. I was, I'm gonna be generous. I was not gonna do one dollar. I think it's okay. way too much. All right, the actual buy it now price for this copy of the Coneheads from Hollywood Video. Oh boy. Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I, I, now, I doubled it up. All right. Yeah. And the I, thing I really it thought is, it was that rare. Yeah. It, they said it was super rare, but here's the thing: it was actually released in nineteen ninety three to coincide with the movie. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That does make sense. And it's from Telepictures, which means it would have been Warner Home Video. Yes. So I'm guessing Warner Brothers still owns the rights to this pilot. Well, that's actually... It's weird because Rankin-Bass's rights are kind of like split between Universal, which owns SNL, because if you remember, DreamWorks Animation bought certain properties from Rankin-Bass a couple years back, and NBC Universal now owns DreamWorks Animation. Yeah, and Warner Brothers still owns most of the catalog, like uh, Thundercats and Silverhawks, so... Maybe one day this will be like commercially available or streaming on Peacock one day. Who knows? Either Peacock or HBO Max, one of the two. But in any event, you can find out more about all the shows we talk about on our website. It was a thing on TV.com. And while there, you can follow us on all social media at It Was a Thing on TV. And don't forget to stream our podcasts wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Remember, Five stars only. I do not go on eBay looking for VHS tapes. Yeah, I know, but yeah, nobody's leaving us five-star reviews, unfortunately. We haven't done that request in a while, but you know what? As we said, subscribe to us on YouTube, because if we get a 1,000 subscribers, we can actually make some money on this podcast. That's where the real money is. YouTube, baby. The real money. And also follow us on Twitter. At it was a thing on TV. Hey, Mike, you know who followed us today? Uh, no, I don't. 
Frank Sandra Padre from Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast followed us on Twitter. Special oh shout God. out. That's amazing. Yes, that's, shout out to you, Frank. And I think it also helps that I retweeted from the show Twitter the uh, gif of the gorilla from the Filmation Ghostbusters. Tracy? Tracy the gorilla, yes. Tracy the gorilla. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ghostbusters. The oh, other- yeah. Well, you say it. The other Ghostbusters from Filmation, which we'll be talking about sometime in mid-November. Yep. Oh, yeah. All the COVID stuff, now that we're getting back to normal, hopefully it's safe to say we're going to finally have Ghostbusters Afterlife in November, and I can't wait for it. Yep. Paul Rudd, baby. Woo, boy. Who can't get enough of Paul Rudd? Give me some of that, kid. Okay, so next week. Well, hold on, Chico. I think we got to close the vault for the year. Let's put the pilots away until next April. Well, I kind of have one more. Oh, well, one more. All one right. more, but not technically it was because it's pilot month. It's because an anniversary is falling for this. 25th anniversary. Ah, Yes, uh, a TV movie based off of a British science fiction show oh. aired on aired on Fox on this week and twenty five years ago. This particular week in nineteen ninety six, and not only that, but we're going to have a British theme for this week. So we're going to be covering a show from Britain, and would you believe that this show has two future members? Of Monty Python. Wow. Oh, we're going back. We're we are, going, this is a deep cut. This is an extremely deep cut. But not only that, but would you believe that there's a year in the title? And this show has nothing to do with the year in the title. So what would that have to do with the actual show? We'll try and figure this out before the next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone. Well, All right, try that. What else do you think our survey showed people like to bite? Organically inactive meat or vegetable matter between two starch planes. <laughs> it's a long walk back to France if you don't get this one right, primates. All right. Show me organically inactive meat or vegetable matter between two starch planes. Sandwich, all right, that's acceptable, okay. 12 people said sandwich, all right, Connie. Something that people like to bite. Mm, the big one. <laughs> the big one, all right. Does our audience bite the big one? Well, we all wanna know that one. We're gonna find out right now. Show me the big one. All right. Wait a minute, we forgot something. Oh, yeah. There's an exploding whale outside. Should we do something about that? Yeah, let's do something about that.
this Saturday, in fact, two days from now, we'll explain this story about the whale. Be listening, people. <laughs>